Good morning, Lydia House. Welcome to the Red Barn. And you that are with us in other ways, welcome to you. And I'm going to turn around, and we've got some new people with us. The Johnstones are back. They're back with us. Did you hear the applause? I did. There was no booing. Everyone was very happy to see you. We're happy to see you. And I know Sarah's here, too. So, and Bella. Hi, Bella. Nice to see you. Boy, that is one fancy mask. Wow. I bet you paid something for that. Did you make it? Somebody made it. Somebody, somebody made it, yes. And you made it here today. So, yes. And our church has been caring. I know many others have as well. But our prayers have gone out for Anne and Joel. And the miracle of Joel. Mm -hmm. Say that again. We met as a family team yesterday uh, to get trained. He's coming home tomorrow. A week ago, yes. the resident doctor said we expect to have him till almost Thanksgiving. Yes. And he did a miraculous, he wowed them all. Everyone that we met with said we have seen tons of patients as sick as him. We have never seen anyone recover like this. Wow. Wow. We are just wow. wowed. So now the prayer is that he is wise and patient because they said... He's got to slow down a little bit. And if you know my husband, that is oh not my. an easy thing to do. Yeah, he doesn't have too many speeds. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, you're the best one to, to pray that. So you pray it, and then I'll open with prayer. Oh, Father God, you are so, so good. We turn to you, and we just press in through hardship, through yes. trial, because yeah. you have golden nuggets in the midst of it. You already tell us, in this world we will have trials, but take heart, you've overcome the world. So you know what it is to walk the way of the cross and make the way for us, and you invite us to enter onto that path. So, Lord, we just celebrate the healing that we have experienced we sorrow with those in the body of Christ who have lost. And it is still a mystery to us, but it reminds us that your ways are a mystery and you are sovereign God. So we lift you up today. We choose to come into this place to celebrate all that you are. And you are worthy of our praise and our worship. And we give ourselves to you today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And that was Ann Volker. Father, we thank you for this day. You bring us together. We thank you for Lydia House. We thank you for providing this place for us for a season. We thank you that we are here today and that you've given us this wonderful worship center. We thank you for your kindnesses to us down through the years. We thank you for, for using this place to bless other people. And so we uh, begin this service today in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. It is good to be back with you all in person. We have survived our plague, and everybody's doing pretty well, um, pretty much all the way recovered. A little fatigue for those uh, who had COVID, and um, praise for Andrew and I who did not get it. All right. Um, 
We had some other weird virus at the same time, so we thought we had it for a little while. Right. Um, but I have seven, seven negative tests to prove I didn't have it. Because um, <laughs> we kept going and getting them. Um, so, praise God. I mean, I was taking care of two sick girls, and I still didn't get it. That's incredible. I get Yay. I mean, I've been a dad for almost 14 years. Yes. When you take care of sick kids, you often get what yes. they have. So. Yes. so, praise God for that. And we are excited to be back. Is everybody liking fall? Oh, yes. Oh. Hallelujah. My favorite. Anybody else? Yeah, fall Fall's probably my favorite season, too. It's wonderful. Uh, I don't have to worry about the heat, so obviously right. that's that's right. that's a good thing for me. But it's so beautiful, and the you know the cycle of life and death, there's a beauty to it, and we're all a part of that. And I, I had to say goodbye to a friend that I had known for quite a while, uh, about two weeks ago. But I know I'm going to see him again, you know, and there's, there's beauty to that. Even in the sorrow and even in the difficulty, there's beauty in that. And so I, I appreciate that. I respect the way the world is set up, even though it's sometimes difficult. And a lot of times we don't know what in the world is going on or why. Right. I am very thankful for Joel recovering. Yeah. I've been, been praying for him every day. And I got to be honest, Dan, it did not look great. I mean, I, I, I was sharing with Sarah and, you know, the email, the text says I'd get them. And she's like, I think you need to pray more uh-huh. than you're praying because yeah. yeah. that's what it's going to take. Yeah. So praise God. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Jehovah Rapha, God, our healer. Exactly. Yeah. And we thank you, Lord. Yes. Psalm 103, he is the God who heals all our diseases. Hallelujah. So we receive that, God, for us, for our family, for our friends, for our neighbors, for our nation, for this world. We receive healing, and we curse that virus in Jesus' name. And uh, just a couple quick announcements. You all, most of you know this, but there's an email sign up back there in the corner next to the little offering box. And uh, there's going to be a prayer meeting this Tuesday at 1030, right there at that little table. So if you're able to come and pray during the day, I will be here. We will pray, and that'll that'll be fun. And lunch today after the service, in case you couldn't tell by the smells of the room, we will be enjoying lunch together. Stay for, you know, however long you can. If you didn't bring anything, that's okay. There's plenty of food, I promise. It's a potluck in Minnesota, so there will be plenty of food. Don't worry about that. We'd love to have you join us. And, Paul, could you continue our prayer for the sick? These days we need a lot of prayer for the sick and prayer for our country and our world and our souls. Before we pray for the sick, I want to thank God for something that uh, happened last Sunday, a testimony. If you remember, I preached on temptation, and there were probably 15 or 20 responses. Hi, Marcy, you're back. One of the testimonies was from Marcy. She testified uh, uh, her inner vulnerability, and God blessed her out of that. But then Steve, at the end, testified of uh, what God was doing in his business. You remember he said how guys would come and they would pray every time, every day, as they started the day, they would pray together. I want you to see those uh, young men that he's working with and the business that God is blessing. There they are. There are the guys. (laughs) Big dudes carrying lots of stuff. So if I were to need a couch move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they might be able to do it. And then uh, look at the truck. Look at how God's blessed his business. Do the second one up. 
the. Uh, That's a big crew, Steve. Oh, there's only one. That's okay. Well, there are are there are about seven or eight vans along with that, and so uh, a quite a quite a deal. That God is blessing. So we thank you, God, that you love to bless your people. You say, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down. We know that Steve is and has been generous. He's generous with his business. He's generous with the people. And uh, thank you for the way that you've blessed him. Thank you for the way that you're blessing Lydia House. We pray for those that need healing. We pray that you'll continue your healing of the Johnstones and of Steve Johnson. We pray that he'll be back soon with us, with others who are struggling because of what's happened in this country. We pray for those that are grieving today. I'm grieving. Uh, lost a friend, Mel Beeland. He, uh, he was a part of the Master's Institute. His wife served on there for nine years and then is serving with the Ark. She lost a wonderful husband in Mel. And so we grieve the loss of people these days, many who are being taken by this terrible, uh, in this terrible season. So we pray that you would give comfort to those who are walking with loss today. Give us uh, strength for each day. You promise to give us strength for today, and you bless our tomorrow. Uh, any others who are sick, needy, anybody else here that have somebody that needs prayer for? Oh, yes, yes. Harley and Bev were part of Lutheran Renewal for many years, and they lost their son, Matt. And so we pray for Matt's wife and kids in, the, in that great loss, oh God. We pray that you would comfort them, give them hope of eternity now that that's where Matt is. And we also bless Leah. I think it's her birthday uh, tomorrow. So we, we bless you, Leah, wherever you are. Uh, or... We're happy for you. We're thankful for you. Leah sometimes helps uh, in the back room with uh, sound and other things. So there she is. Happy birthday. She loves it when everybody looks at her. Oh, we're going to do it later? <laughs> no, it's fine. Birthday <laughs> to you. Happy birthday, dear Leah. May Jesus bless you. Now we got to say amen because that was a prayer. So everybody say amen. 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 Okay, worship team, you're all back together. Do your thing. We're with you. Shall we stand? Just stand and greet. Oh, and uh, introduce your friend. You know, sometimes God answers prayers in just amazingly ways, and other times he answers them without us praying them. And after two and a half weeks of my son staying home with me after I got out of the hospital, I thought, you know, I'm going to be okay. I could do this. And uh, my, my sister was at our house, and they were helping us that day, and I get this text from Robin, and she lives in Ohio, and she says, would you like me to come stay with you? I just quit my job on Friday. So she just came that Wednesday, and I didn't know how sick I still was. And we're in a major, we have to sell our house, and we're in a major time crunch trying to get this all done. 
I said, she's just been an angel, and she's staying until Thursday. So she'll have been with me over three weeks. I can't tell you the generosity and love and outpouring. We became friends as freshmen in college. And so we've just been... timing, young lady. Wow. She's just listening to God and faithfulness. Oh, I'm so blessed. We are so blessed. Uh, Wow. So great. Well, that's... Yeah. Joel, as you, if you know Joel, you know that he can do anything, but now he's not in a position to do that, and you're selling your house. I can't imagine. That's a tough one. When we sold our house, there was all kinds of things to be fixed up to get it ready to be sold. Father, we pray that you would provide for Ann and Joel in this season now when they need to sell that place. Uh, the biggest transition in their life, a transition out of potential death for Joel. I, we wondered if he would make it, and he got prayed out of, out of death into life, and so now he's a survivor. We blessed their family, and we pray now in this transition that things will go well and that the, the, the things that need to be uh, fixed up can be fixed up, that others can step in and do what Joel can't do. They'd be able to sell it, get a good price for it in this season when things are going well and, and things are going high. Pray that they'll get a good price for it and you provide for them. Thank you for giving Ann Robin in this season to help care for her. In Jesus' name, we give thanks and praise. Amen. Stand and greet people around you. Even people in the back. We want to greet everybody, so let's greet people. I'm waiting to when I go into Metro Hope. Yeah, I got I got the the phone interview. I got accepted, but we're waiting for a bit. Said I could go for two weeks, but it's not the same. Well, it's going to be cold. All the people want to go in, but they weed it out quick. You know, they know who I am. This is the host of guys and they come work for us and So they know me. Uh, they know I'm not going into a drug machine. Uh, I need to figure out uh, my place for God to be more involved with him instead of chasing money in the world like everybody does. And that's what led me to the truth. Money in the world. So we've heard a lot of good praise reports this morning. As we enter into worship, I'd like to throw out a couple more. So let's maybe just close your eyes for a minute. And let's shout out some more things that we're thankful for to God that he has done for us. And it could be something that he's already done. It could be something that you have faith he's going to do. But let's shout out some more gratitude to the Lord. Go ahead. Shout out some thanks and gratitude. Thank you, Lord. You're the God of life. 
privilege, Lord. We're thankful that we have your word. We can read it out loud. We can soak it in. We believe it. And we want you more and more and more in our lives. And what do you think? You said you're thankful. Um, for my family. Yeah, for your family. You look wonderful this morning, Gideon. But so are the rest of you. Do you feel the world is broken? We do. Do you feel the shadows deepen? We do. But do you know that all the dark won't stop the light from getting through? We do. And do you wish that you could see it all made new? We do. Is all creation groaning? It is. Is a new creation coming? It is. Is the glory of the Lord to be the light within our midst? It is. Is it good that we remind ourselves of this? It is. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb who died to ransom the slave. Is he worthy? Is he worthy? Of all blessing and honor and glory, is he worthy of this? Does the Father truly love us? Does the Father truly love us? He does. And does the Spirit move among us? He does. Jesus, our Messiah, hold forever those he loves. He does. And does our God intend to dwell again with us? He does. Is anyone worthy? Is anyone whole? Is anyone able to break the seal and open the scroll? The Lion of Judah, who conquered the grave. He is David's root and the Lamb of God, who ransomed the slave. From every people and tribe, every nation and tongue, He has made us a kingdom of priests to God, to reign with the Son. Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? Is he worthy? Is he worthy of all blessing and honor and glory? 
you did for us all the sacrifice all the pain for everything that you went through for us you are worthy of all of our praise of all of our hearts and we confess that we're easily distracted we're distracted by life and by things that aren't going well and our circumstances and it's so easy for our eyes to get turned from you back to us or to the world. Lord, I pray that you would be magnified in our eyes, be magnified in our hearts, that our gaze could always turn back to you. We thank you that no matter where our gaze is, that you're moving and you're working in us. Your word says that you are constantly at work within us to make us both willing and able to obey you. And we need that. We thank you for that. I worship you. 
today with a wound on her leg. Not quite sure how it got there, but uh, we'll take her in today or tomorrow to see what's going on. Miriam is back with us. She comes about once a month, Karen's sister. 
So nice to have Miriam with us. And we want to pray for uh, Grandma. We're going to pray for you now. We're going to put our hands on your leg and speak healing. Okay. In Jesus' name, we speak healing to this wound. Jesus, you're a healing Lord. And so we trust in you and we speak in faith in your name before the Father. And we say, be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What did you say? Amen, 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 amen. About six amens there. So that should take care of that prayer. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. It's the God has knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. Oh, my God will never fail. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every morning he Backing down from any giant, I know how this story ends. Yes, oh, I know how this story ends. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory, I'm gonna see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory, I'm gonna see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good. Take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. 
song a bunch while my family was sick. I encourage you to do that. You know, sometimes we find ourselves in a, stuck in some emotional place, and the way out is to worship our way out. And maybe you're the kind of person who can turn on some music or not and just worship by yourself and sing it out loud, and maybe that doesn't come naturally for you, and if it doesn't, like, I encourage you to do it anyway. I'm serious. There's actually... I, I believe there's something really powerful in singing out, yeah. whether that's in English or in a tongue. And when, you, when it's a little scary to do, that's sometimes a sign that it's a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. Am I wrong? Yeah. No. So if you feel a little self-conscious and it's just you and God in the room, you're his kid. Have you ever heard a little kid sing and their parent go, that was terrible? <laughs> I did not appreciate that or like that in any way. No, God doesn't care how you can sing or if you can carry a tune. Right. Worship comes from the heart, but it does need to come out the mouth sometimes. Yeah. 
So I encourage you to do that. God, we thank you for everything you are. And we thank you for who we are. We thank you for who we are in you because of what you did, Jesus. We thank you that, Father God, you placed us in Christ so that we are a child of God. We have his righteousness. We don't have to worry about the fact that we don't measure up on our own because we measure up through you, Jesus. We thank you for that. This is a good declaration song. Remind ourselves of who we are. Bible says that we are. for just a minute. I want you to picture yourself as a little child crawling up onto your dad's lap, your father God. And I want you to just sit in his lap for a minute. Feel his love. Feel that he's not judging you. He's not 
tell you all the things you did wrong because when he sees you, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. He's smiling at you. That's who you are, according to Scripture. You're his beloved child. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. I am chosen. lies to you about who you are. The world lies, but God does not. I want you to declare who you are. Not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. One more time, I am chosen. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Oh, I am who you say I am. Yes, I am who you say I am. Who the sun sets free. Oh, is free. I'm a child of God, yes I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God, yes I am. We thank you, God, that you made us your children. We thank you that it's nothing we could do or earn in ourselves, but through your grace, you chose us and you adopted us into your family. I pray that you would help us not to forget it throughout this week as we interact with people in person, over the phone, online, in prayer, that as we interact, we remember who we are. We are the child of the king of the universe. We've been adopted and we're heirs. We're princes and princesses in the kingdom of God. I pray that you'd help remind us of that and help us to act accordingly. And when we look down at our circumstances and get distracted and confused, Lord, help us to lift our eyes back up to you and remember who we are. Does anyone have a word from the Lord they'd like to share?
think the world needs to hear that a lot. So I know. I forget the full words, but you are chosen, not forsaken. I'm for you, not against you. I think yeah. like I need to hear it. Growing up in a Christian home, loving family, church body, and it's still I need to hear it. Just imagine if you didn't have the right image of God, like we talk about a lot here, how much you need to hear it. Mm -hmm. I discovered a scripture a few years back, uh, connecting to what you just said, Sarah. Uh, let me see if I can say the passage. Well, what it says is, when our own hearts condemn us, and it didn't say if, if. So it's something that the Lord knows that we contend with. It happens to us, you know, where our own hearts are condemning us. And it goes on to say, but he is greater. He is greater than our own hearts. That's something, of course, I knew, but I needed to hear that from the word. From 1 John 3. Thank you. Yes, it is. 20. For whenever our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our heart, for he knows everything. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence with God, and whatever we ask, we receive. That's a great, it's a great it. verse. I want to introduce somebody, and I want to introduce them by uh, telling a couple stories to you. Some of you know these. Some of you don't. God has used me as a starter, and I need other people to help me along because once it gets started, I need lots of help. So when I started a seminary, and I went back and I told uh, the staff of Lutheran Renewal, I'm starting a seminary, Denise said, oh my, you're going to need a lot of help. Because <laughs> she thought that's going to be daunting for Paul. So, uh, but I, I heard that as I was running uh, uh, on the path to Northwestern. I heard school. And then I heard seminary. And I thought, oh my. I was excited because I felt we needed one. Because those Lutheran school down the street was going, it was tanking, and it's tanking worse today. So then we started that. Then the next year, we started a network of churches called the ARC, the Alliance of Renewal Churches. And then uh, four years later, my son Gabriel, he had some close friends, and they did everything together. And... I don't know who had the idea first, if Gabriel had the idea, or if Drew did, or if I did. But I, uh, I talked to Gabriel, and we talked about starting something in our home. And I don't know who came up with the name. It was, it's kind of a crazy name. It's, it was the word communitas. And it sounds like community and, and some Latin thing uh, stretching out there. And we started with 30 people, and they're all Gabriel's friends. And so he got in there. We started. We did every three weeks. And it was going pretty good. So we thought, well, let's do every two weeks and see if that works. That worked okay. And then we thought we'd be really bold and do it every week. 
soon after, uh, after Gabriel started, Drew stepped in, and Drew is my son-in-law. And so Drew and Gabriel and I, we were working together, and we had it in our house, in our living room. And in a matter of a few years, we had people, I, I remember sitting in the dining room, and then we had some people sitting up the stairs leading up to the bedroom. We had some people, and then we had some people who would just hang out outside. Some would dance in the yard, some were sitting, and we'd open up the windows so they could stand on the porch, because they were coming. And whatever we did, they kept coming, more and more. We added on in 2010, uh, for that reason and for other reasons, we were having kids live in our home, and uh, we had up to 10 at a time, 10 kids living in our home. And uh, so we added on, both for, to make room for the Tuesday night, and it kept growing. One night, I was standing up in front, and I said, I'm, I'm going to just see how many are here. And I counted, and I could see. I could see 158, and I knew there was some in the kitchen. There were about six. So there were, there were a lot of kids that were coming. One who came was a guy named Paul, and he was at school, the same school that Drew was. Were you friends in college? Come on, come on. And, uh, and he was kind of in the shadows, literally and figuratively. Drew, I think, was more on fire at the time. Paul was kind of in the shadows. And I wasn't even saved. You wasn't even saved. <laughs> okay, I didn't know Drew, what... Drew found me cheating my way through Bible school. Oh, okay. And, and invited me to his, his college campus that met Monday nights called Intimosity. Wow. And then we had Communitas on Tuesdays. Intimosity <laughs> Communitas. And I think Wolfgang Simpson gave us the name. Oh. You remember him? I yes, guess. of course. From yes. Germany. Yes. Deutschland. Yes. yes. I think he was the house church guy who helped Yes, us. he was a house yeah, church yeah, guy. I, I think. Okay. We might as well give him credit. Let's give it's him a credit. Good story. Yeah. yeah. This help, helps with the drama. And Paul was in the shadows. And somewhere along the line, things started connecting for you. Yeah. And, and then you ended up doing some teaching at Community House. You were doing some, uh, a lot of teaching. I'd, I started it, but I, don't know, I don't, can't remember how much teaching I did, but maybe once a month, I think. I, I didn't because we wanted people to share in it. Matt, uh, Matt, your brother, did some sharing, did, did some teaching. But uh, when, did, when did things happen for you, Paul? Um, golly, it must have been 2006. Okay. So Yeah, I, and it, it's funny. The first message I ever gave was Psalm 2. I don't really? Wow. Kiss the sun Whoa. was the message. Well, And then he did it again this, yeah. this past summer. Yeah, we did it. So, and so yeah. uh, you bless me now. Thank uh, you. Your love for the word you, and how God grabbed onto you and uh, brought you to himself, filled you with his spirit, and uh, making a difference now in people's lives, working at Medtronics, and I know you must be an influence there as well. So, mm -hmm. Father, we thank you for Paul and Adriana. Thank you that you've um, blessed them mm -hmm. with a family, and uh, they're a team, and we thank you for the message that you've prepared, you've put on his heart for us today. Mm -hmm. We thank you that you were patient with Paul, and that you um, are giving him now an opportunity to share 
what you have taught him. Mm-hmm. We bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm-hmm. Amen. Thanks, Paul. Yeah. Um, I'm going to steal one of these. Thanks, worship team. It's always a blessing to partner with you. Um, but no, that it's true. I, I wasn't even saved. I think it's a longer story, but uh, I met the Holy Spirit. That's what happened. I never knew you could do the Bible with the Holy Spirit until I was maybe in my 20s. And um, I read a book called Welcome Holy Spirit, and this is a true story. I was shoot a sophomore in college I'd never even heard of the Holy Spirit I didn't know what it was it was confusing it was like this innocuous weird thing this guy told me read a book so I bought it I think I got through like page six or something I've never picked it up since I got through like six pages it's still on my bookshelf but we got to the point of the book where the author tells you to invite the Holy Spirit into your life and the moment I started like thinking about it the room shifted I remember it so vividly. It was like it was yesterday. It was so dramatic. I got up in the middle of my dorm. It was my college apartment, and I locked the door because I said, if my roommates come in here, they're going to think I'm crazy. And I shut the lights off, and the author just says, now open up your hands and softly pray, welcome, Holy Spirit. And the room just, like, flooded with peace. And I fell into, like, the best sleep I think I can ever remember. And it was like this breath of fresh air just filled my life. And from there, I just started searching. I got so hungry for Jesus because I was like, this is real. I met Drew. We met you. And here we are, shoot, 15 years later. So it's it's a beautiful testimony of God's goodness. Do you know who wrote Welcome, Holy Spirit? Benny Hinn. Oh, no. Oh, the, what? Oh, that's a different That's one. a different book. The one I'm thinking of was oh, Benny Hinn. No, no, no. I know that's sort of a controversial okay. name, so I try to be careful. No, 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 I love no, no, no. Benny Hinn, but no, 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 no. but which one are you thinking of? Larry Christensen. Okay. So the one I'm thinking of was Benny Hinn, but okay. I'm sure that one's beautiful, too. Read them both. <laughs> Benny's beautiful. You know, just be humble about him. He's done great, beautiful things for the Lord. <laughs> Um, So I'm just going to pray, and then we're going to get into this. So, Father, we we do. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you that he teaches us all things. We thank you that it was to our advantage that um, you go be with the Father so we can receive the same spirit that raised you from the dead, to live inside of us and teach us your word, to teach us your ways, to show us your goodness, to show us your grace and your power in your soon-coming kingdom. Mm-hmm. that will rest on the footstools of earth forever mm-hmm. so that we can be with you where you are in your midst mm-hmm. and dine with you in a room much like this one mm-hmm. where you'll be doing the teaching and we'll be sitting at your feet and, and looking and gazing into your beautiful fiery eyes on a sea of glass mingled with fire with tribes and tongues from every nation across the earth. In Jesus' name, amen. So before we get into the word, I want to do a, uh, a visualization exercise. Um, so I want to be honest with yourself because this is, can be a little bit uncomfortable. But go to a place or a time, or maybe that time is now, where you had a dream. And I, not just like, oh, I'd like to make more money. That's a valid dream. I'm talking about like a real dream, a stable potential dream that maybe is connected to your calling, connected to a ministry, connected to family, 
something real and very tangible that is deeply, you know, sensitive to your heart, something that maybe the Lord gave you, maybe something that a parent or a loved one spoke into you. Take yourself to that place in your heart, in your mind, visualize it, and just allow the Lord to remind you, maybe it's a dream that you're still waiting on, but go to that place in your heart and visualize it. Visualize the joy of the dream. Allow yourself to feel the emotions of it and just settle in that place for a moment. So for us, I'll share my dream with you guys to make this a little more tangible. So again, Paul tells the story when I was in college, I didn't have a healthy lifestyle. Um, my family structure was very broken and there was this sudden shift in my heart. Like it was fairly dramatic if we really wanted to get into the story. But in that moment, I had a dream for fatherhood. I had a dream for parenting. And to raise my kids, I saw Paul's family, and, and I saw the six kids in the house of, at Lydia House and Communitas, and I wanted that. It was dear to me. I wanted to get married. I wanted to raise kids in the way of the Lord and see them walk out a life that I didn't walk out. That was totally off my radar. And so I meet Adriana. We get married. We meet at Communitas in 2008. We get married, and... You know, a couple of years go by and we say, you know, we want to have kids. We want to go after this and we want to raise our kids in the way of the Lord. And it took way, way longer than we would have ever dreamed. We would have ever signed up for. And seven years go by and we have a miscarriage and surgery here and surgery there. And all of a sudden we get number two we're pregnant with. And I can tell you the moment we're like week 12 or 16, I forget the timeline. And we're in the urgent care. Things aren't looking good. It's very, very uncomfortable. And, you know, all signs are pointing to a second miscarriage. And we're literally in the room. It's a messy room. It's a bad room. I get so overwhelmed with discomfort, the nurse actually asks me to leave. <laughs> it's just like it was that uncomfortable where she didn't feel like I was emotionally healthy for being there for Adriana, and it was a disaster. Long story short, God is good. We have the baby, and here we are two-plus years later. But the point of that story is amidst these challenges we face in life, Jesus comes to us in John 14 with these startling words, and he spoke about a two days earlier in Matthew 24, and it's not even a suggestion. It's actually a commandment from the Lord that says, let not your heart be troubled. He commands us in these moments where we have dreams. Maybe it's the salvation of a loved one. Maybe it's like in our situation, the promised child, and we had so many prophecies along the way about parenting and people speaking into my life like, Paul, you have a father this and that anointing and these things. And then you're in the midst, you're in the struggle, you're believing and you're almost wanting to quit. And Jesus comes in your midst in the room, he's eating supper with you and he says, let not your heart be troubled. So what I want to talk about this morning is what does it look like pragmatically in 
actually to live a life above a troubled heart when there's all sorts of pressures competing for the attention of our heart and there's every reason to be anxious, to be overwhelmed, to be troubled, to live a life of struggle and to complain and to just go through life, woe is me. And that's so much easier than to sit there and commit your heart to say, I will not be troubled. In the dynamics of let not, those words when Jesus says let not, indicates that there's this human dynamic where we actually have to make a choice to say, I will not be troubled. Jesus, your goodness, your word, your, your life, your leadership is more powerful than my circumstances. And if there was ever a time to be troubled, it is now. There's social unrest, there's political unrest, there's betrayal, there's family health concerns, there's all sorts of reasons to submit to a troubled heart and to just go through life and say, it's just, this is the way it is. I'm just going to settle the issue and press through and wait till I see Jesus and it's easier to be troubled. Because, beloved, it, it, it kind of is right now. It just is. And the beauty of this is Jesus says these words amidst seven intense pressures the disciples were facing and were about to face. They were about to lose their leader. Jesus knew it. He told them about it. They were in denial about it. There were like a handful of people who were actually aware of Jesus' departure. Mary of Bethany was one of them. But we don't connect with too many people in those days that actually recognized Jesus' soon and coming death. That night was his last night. They were about to fear, they were about to experience the leaving, him leaving them by death. Judas, one of their closest friends, was going to betray them. Peter was going to deny him. Peter was so disconnected from his own sin, he actually rebuked the Lord. He didn't even recognize the depravity of his own humanity. He was that disconnected with it. Jesus told him, he said, Peter, this is going to happen, but fear not, I'm praying for you, and I'm going to restore you. They were going to go through cultural crisis. They were about to enter into some of the worst wicked Roman leaders ever. Nero would burn citizens on little areas for torches to light the street. I mean, imagine walking through Rome and seeing humans burning as a torch to heat up this night, the flesh melting, just the stench. I mean, imagine, like, beloved, what these men went through. National crisis and delay of God's promises. And all amidst this, Jesus, in a peaceful, tender, loving voice, commands them, let not your heart be troubled. So it begs the question, what is it about Jesus' beauty, about his kingdom, about his life, about his leadership that gives us grace to overcome a troubled heart? Because here's the beauty of it, and here's the grace, and here's the promise of what we're dealing with. If Jesus commands it, it's possible. That's the hope. It's not just like, oh, Jesus, I got to do it alone, and here I am just sitting in my prayer room, just grinding this out, white-knuckling faith. It's like, no, Jesus actually is that good. He's that gracious. He's that kind that not only does he command it, but he makes it possible. He makes it available. 
as a leader, as a father. So the commandment to believe in this divine narrative is associated with Jesus' heart, his plans, his promises, his leadership. And we do this by trusting in him and trusting in his promises and agreeing with his leadership and engaging in the storyline. We actually engage in this dialogue with Jesus. And here's the beauty of it. Right after these words, Jesus declares this most glorious, a beautiful hope. And he says, in my father's house are many rooms and I go to prepare a place for you. So how we overcome a troubled heart is we engage with this eternal mindset and we move away from this earthly paradigm shift of like, Jesus, you're primarily here to make my life easier, which is not true. Beloved, I just want to give you grace to refuse and reject that lie from the enemy. Jesus is not here to make our circumstances better, but he is here to give us the hope of this coming beautiful eternity where we dwell in his father's house. We've been invited into the family of the Trinity with a father and a son who love perfectly. And beloved, he loves you with the same intensity and passion and commitment that he loves his son. We have a father who so deeply wants to be with you, who so deeply wants to invite us into his house and eat with us and dine with us in perfect communion, in perfect fellowship, without shame, without confusion. That is your hope. And he's there right now preparing a place for you. And beloved, it's that reality that is so more real than any pain we've ever felt in this, in, this, in this life. Paul, he says it in Romans, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. And here's what is actually anxious. For the creation waits eagerly, some scriptures call it anxiously, for the longing and revealing of the sons of God. You want to know what's anxious? What is actually merited anxiety? The earth longing for us as children of God to be revealed as ones who inherit the kingdom of the earth. That's what's worthy of being anxious. The ground and the earth that cries out for justice, for God's chosen people, his children, to walk in power and authority and to fulfill the commandment that he gave Adam in the book of Genesis where he says, I created you to have dominion and power over my creation. That's your destiny. And that is capable of helping us overcome a troubled heart. And that is what God is appealing us to walk in. The disciples were saved. They were aligned with Jesus. And he's saying, believe in me. He goes on and he says, believe in God and also believe in me. He's not talking about have faith in me as a father and a God. What he's talking about is he's saying, I'm going away. I'm leaving you. And just like you have faith in the uncreated God of the Exodus to deliver you from slavery, have faith in me to lead you through a troubled heart. 
believe that I'm capable of this. You've touched me. You've ate with me. You've walked with me. You've heard me. Believe that I'm capable as a leader to help you overcome the vulnerabilities and shame of a troubled heart. Because here's, the, here's what happens. When we submit to a troubled heart, we're weighed down by anxiety, by fear and shame, and we're way more vulnerable to darkness. We're way more vulnerable to the fiery, fiery arrows of the enemy when we submit ourselves to a troubled heart versus submit ourselves to the leadership of Jesus. Because that's ultimately the paradigm. We either submit to the trouble we see or we say, you know what, Jesus, your word stands the test of time. Your word is stronger than my fears. Your word in your identity as a leader, who you are as a man, is more capable than the troubles I'm seeing. The grass, the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And not one dot iota or titta will fail before this word comes to pass. So, beloved, it takes time, it takes effort to walk out the overcoming of an anxious heart. And that's what we read in Philippians 4. And before we conclude this message, we're going to act, I want us to walk through what it actually looks like to go before Jesus with words of thanksgiving and requests made known to him so that peace can pass understanding. I had a friend who flew on a plane to Oklahoma this summer, and it was turbulence. I mean, it wasn't anything like abnormally just doesn't like planes, and turbulence was uncomfortable for him. And he's not saved. He doesn't have a life of peace, whatever. And he looks to the lady next to him, and he says, um, how are you calm? Like, what are you calm about? She goes, oh, I just pray. And, it, and he was, like, so frustrated. He's like, oh, here we go. Like, uh, one of these again, just these, like, overly praying people. But the point is, is like, that's just like a small example, right? But it's like what we're actually being called to do is there's, you know, this is my conviction. I'm not prophesying this. This isn't like, you know, thus say it. this is my conviction. I do feel strongly that the troubles we're facing will increase. Not because I, you know, that's just, I, I read the word in Matthew 24 and it says there'll be wars, rumors of wars. There's all these coming troubles. But Jesus says you can actually overcome that. And those will be the things that people will see and it will separate us. People will see that and it will be an example that light shines in the darkness and the darkness doesn't overcome it. That greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. Those are things that we're going to start to walk out. And so an essential way to overcome this, to have peace that passes understanding, is we actually look to the word and it, it guards our minds. It says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds. And the important thing is that it's the peace of God. It's not the peace that my circumstances will be changed. It's not the peace that suddenly I'll have something that I don't have or maybe something will be taken away from me that I do have. It's not that kind of peace. It's the peace of God that Jesus says, peace I come with you, peace I leave with you. It's the peace of God. When Jesus was in great sorrow that he's bleeding, sweating drops of blood through his, you know, through the pain and the sorrow he's facing, 
that he can peacefully go to the Father and he says, your will be done. You're, you know, you have your way. Romans 12, it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So this is what we're after. I want a peace that is so foundational to the coming kingdom, to Jesus' word, that it passes understanding. That people look at me and they're confused. And they struggle to comprehend what, are you, what do you have that gives you this peace, this peace of God? And it, it's this reality that Jesus elaborates. Jesus began elaborating what it means to overcome a troubled heart by emphasizing that he would return to take us to the Father's house, which is a foundational truth of which we build our lives. The promise of him preparing a place for us to live in the Father's house gives us a whole new perspective of life, especially to overcome despair. When we recognize that this isn't my home, that I'm a sojourner, and it's way more real that I'm actually, you're going to sit at a table and Jesus is going to prepare a meal for you. Imagine that. Jesus longed for the upper room supper with his disciples. It says, I've so longed for this day with you. It was a foretaste. It was a promise of what is coming thousands of years later where Jesus is actually going to sit at a table with his redeemed and glorified bodies, resurrected saints with the heap of the enemy burning in the distance, the smoke coming up like a bonfire over the hills. And we're going to be sitting there dining with Jesus. And he's going to descend from the earth, both at the beginning and the end of the story. And he's going to restore a kingdom. It's going to be an open, manifest kingdom with political, social, agricultural, economical, educational, technology, media, arts. These things are going to be submitted to the leadership of Jesus. Imagine, anyone, I mean, gardening. I, I'm not a big gardener, but Paul created this beautiful garden for our family in the backyard. We had this dead grass. I was like, Paul, you're kind of good at this. Can I pay you to fix my backyard? So he came over and he laid this beautiful area, mulched it, you know, planted it. I, I'm not kidding. I, the hostas are as big as that speaker times two. I mean, they're the biggest hostas ever. I swear it's just like this promise of the Lord being like, I kind of breathe love into your garden through this kind of father-son relationship. And we've had people come and it's like, what do you plant? What did you give your hostas? They're like world record hostas. <laughs> oh, just Paul just planted them in love and the Lord breathed life onto it. But like, that's like this tiny little broken fable garden. Like imagine the gardens we're going to walk through and the rivers and the trees and the beauty and the fruits. You know, the talks about the river of life that proceeds from the throne room of God and trees that heal the nations. I mean, imagine eating the fruit of these trees that will just energize your body and give you revelation of Jesus' beauty. Like that's coming. We're going to, that's our destiny. That's our inheritance. And so we're going to rule and reign with Jesus for thousands and thousands of years. Cool. What does this look like today? What does that mean for today, Paul, when I'm believing for my son to go get saved and so he's not cheating his way through Bible school like I was? And I had a praying mom who was on her knees at night pleading that her son would 
step into his calling as, you know, a man of the Lord and quit, you know, behaving the way I was. So how do we walk this out today? So that's what I want to talk about. And so I really, really liked what Nate shared during worship because I feel like that's so real and so true in entering into this human dynamic where it's saying like, Jesus, I'm choosing to submit to you. There's trouble around me, but I'm going to put on a worship song and I'm going to declare before my situation that I'm chosen, I'm not forsaken, and I am a child of God. Because, beloved, that is the decision. It's a decision to say, Jesus, you're greater than my health concerns. You're greater than the unsaved family member that I'm praying for. You're greater than the infertility issues that are troubling my heart, though you've called me to be a father. You're greater than that. So what does that look like? So, beloved, I just want to walk through one tool the Lord has has helped our family with. And here's what I, I love about the Bible. I love about what Nate shared. If it feels uncomfortable and weird and just like a little bit underwhelming, it's probably really good for us. And Jesus makes his kingdom available to children. And so I found so much power in this, in this exercise where we just open up the word and we literally, and I'm talking about out loud, in your quiet time, go to the Lord with thanksgiving and make your request known before God so that the peace of God will guard your heart. So John 14, here's Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Take these scriptures and we're just going to pray them out loud and thank Jesus for them. And I actually want to challenge you. Do it for like a week. I, I don't even say like 40 days going fast and, you know, like put on sackcloth and ashes. Like just spend 20 minutes a day for a week and just see if it works. And if it doesn't, you lost 20 times 7. You lost 140 minutes of your, your life. Not a big deal. But just go before the Lord and just we're just going to do it now. And just in your own heart, if you want to do it out loud, I welcome you to do that. I think there's power in speaking the word the Lord created through spoken word. He picked up dust and spoke to it. I just challenge you, pick up the dust of your circumstances and speak the word of God into it and see what happens. So, Father, we thank you for grace to overcome a troubled heart. And we ask you for grace now to believe in you. We ask you for grace to believe in your son, Jesus. And we thank you that in your house, in the Father's house, are many rooms. Jesus, we thank you for preparing a place for us to be with you forever. Father, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the shed blood of Jesus that prepared a way for us to be in your house, to dwell with you, and to be your children. Father, thank you that I am your son. Show me more. Give me a deeper revelation of my identity as a son with you as my father. Jesus, thank you that you're the one 
preparing a place for me. Thank you that it's you who took off your outer garments and knelt down to wash my feet so that I could be cleansed and given access to the throne room of heaven, the throne room where there's night and day worship, the throne room where there's an emerald rainbow of mercy surrounding you, a commitment and a covenant of your endless commitment to me so that I could be with you. Thank you, Jesus, that you walk among the lampstands, your churches, and even now you're walking amongst us. We thank you for this, Jesus. Show me more. Mm -hmm. Jesus, Father, we thank you that you love Jesus perfectly. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. Father, we thank you for the way you love your Son. We thank you that you're patient, that you're kind, that you do not boast, that you do not envy. We thank you that you're not arrogant, that you're not striving, that you're not trying to promote yourself. We thank you for your perfect love and that you love Jesus this way. And Jesus, we thank you that you love us the same way the Father loves you. Show me more. Show me what it looks like to abide in your love. Show me what it looks like to rest in your house that is soon and very soon coming to dwell with us forever. Thank you that you will bring this tabernacle to the earth so that I can be with you in your throne room, in your presence, in your living room, by the fire that you sat by with your apostles 2,000 years ago sharing a meal. Thank you for this, Jesus. We love you. We love you, Jesus. We love your leadership. We love your nature. We love your name that is above every other name. Mm -hmm. And in it we pray. Amen. That's it. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? Do you want to respond? Uh, you can respond with questions or thoughts, and then we want to pray for Leah because we uh, sang. Whoa, I just got dizzy. We uh, want to pray for Leah. Where is where is she? But uh, respond to Paul now first. Uh, you got a mic? Anybody want to want to share or ask a question? So wonderful, Paul. Jesus isn't here to change our circumstances. I think that so much in the Christian walk, it's like, come into this and he'll do this for you and he'll do that. And he can, he is. But I'm learning in this journey, Jesus is here to change us in our circumstances. Amen. And we have to embrace refining, which means fire, which means ashes. But on the other side of it is gold. And so if we could just keep pressing, believing that he is going to use whatever he wants to bring gold, because that's how committed he is to us and how intimate and how much he loves us, then the circumstances start to get really small, and it doesn't become about that. So I love that you said that, because I think as a Christian body, we 
We miss that. It's not that we're not supposed to pray about everything. Well, we miss what he's really here to do for us. Because otherwise, he would have done things differently when he walked this earth. He modeled suffering for us. He modeled the journey to the cross. And we'd like to just take the victory and skip the journey. Did you hear she just said the circumstances are small. You know what she's gone through in the last six months? And she's saying that that's small compared to the love of Jesus. It's true. Absolutely true. Anybody else want to respond with a question? Or Yeah. Way back in the back. Can I run this back to you? I was just going to say I was really encouraged. Um, and then I think that we can come to the point where we have a victim mentality, like, why me? Why does this keep happening to me? And I, I think that is the key to not being a victim. Um, and it's, it's hard to figure out, like, what's the key to not feel sorry for myself or not, like, mull over my circumstances, but that, like what you said, do not let your hearts be troubled and then just praying through it. Um, so that was really encouraging to me. Amen. Good. Um, when I got your notes for the sermon, I intentionally didn't say anything. Um, Paul doesn't know, but I'm starting my series next week on p peace, how to live mm -hmm. above stress and anxiety and worry and fear. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I don't want to mess with whatever he's going to do. So I didn't say it beforehand. But uh, not only was this a great sermon in and of itself, but I, I've never had a better setup for Perfect. the series Perfect. I'm going to do. So thank you for that. And I'm going to be referencing this a lot um, in the next three sermons because you, you grabbed all the major points and you hit them really well. So Thanks, thank you, Paul. Thank you. Affirmation for you. Well done. Thank Leo, you, why don't you, you come up? We're going to pray for you if that's okay. I just want to say something about Leah. She's a miracle child. Um, I know. Just really, really condensed. At five months pregnant, I have a high-risk pregnancy. It was placenta previa, where the placenta blocked your cervix. And you can, I can give birth naturally, except for C-section. So at five months, I was in Malaysia. I was bleeding, and I thought I was going to lose her. And then I came back, and then it was stabilized, and then I came back. And um, towards the end, you know, actually not towards the end, about 34 weeks, I was bleeding again. So I thought I was going to lose her. So I was on bed rest. And then 37 weeks, we have to inject um, a needle into her to see if she's, her lungs are ready to be born yeah. through C-section. So it was like two days before October 18th that we had the injection, and then October 18 was the plan C section. So she was born five pounds, two ounces, and then dropped to four pounds eight. She was a preemie then. So um, yeah, I just want to thank God that she's here. I always say that. <laughs> she's not, but I just thank you. I just want to, um, you guys to pray over, give her a birthday. 14 years is a, you know, it's a long way. She so, so we say happy birthday to the mother also. Oh. <laughs> and that's what I like to always say, isn't that right? It's really happy birthday, happy, happy time to remember what God did. So thank you, Lord. Um, you know, I'll come right between you two. 
Anyone else that wants to pray? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, you know you are the father of the fatherless. If Leah's father was here now, he'd be praying for her. And uh, Esther doesn't have a husband now. I see. Left how many years ago? He went to heaven to be with the Lord. About nine years ago. Nine years ago. So, Lord, you see this. You know this. So I ask that you'd pour down your love. Pour down your love on Leah. Encourage her. You know her name. You know, even before she was born, as you saw the struggle that she had to be born, and now she's here. And Father, you know uh, what it feels like to be 14, because you were 14, Jesus. You went through all those years uh, being a teenager. And Leah, nobody will understand you more than Jesus will. Nobody. But the Lord Jesus is going to encourage your heart. Lord, do it today. Do it every day. Strengthen her in body, soul, and spirit, Father, as she looks to you. Any other prayers? In? We just pray this is a year of fresh possibilities. You want to do a new thing. And so, Lord, just open Leah's eyes in a new way to be Thank you, Lord. on the lookout for Jesus. what you're up to next. Thank you, Father. And believing Thank that you, you have good plans for her. Hallelujah. Is your child. And you've uniquely made her. Yes. And you have a unique call for her. Yes. So, Lord, that she not compare herself to anyone else, that she delighted exactly who you made her to be and who are you are making her to become. Thank so you, Lord. Let her just embrace this journey in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Yes, you have made her unique, Lord. You're going to be helping her along the way. Let her feel your presence and know you are there with her. Oh, one more sentence. Yeah, I just had the, uh, the thought that, that you're to wake up every day expectant and say, what do you have for me today, Jesus? And everything we go through, um, yeah, the hard ones especially, I know, is we, we get closer to Jesus, and that's our goal, to get closer to him, be filled of him so we can bless others and just be his hands and feet, and he has special plans for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We pray for Nora, too. Thank you for coming up here to be with her. And it's wonderful, Lord. You give us friends, and you encourage us as we're able to share. And, Lord, speak to these girls. Encourage their hearts in Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Why don't you hold out your hands like you're receiving a gift? The Bible sometimes has us act physically to remind us what it is we're doing. Like when you humble yourself or repent, you kneel down on your knees, right? And when you worship, we hold out our hands. Let's hold out our hands like we're going to receive a gift as I give you the blessing, the benediction. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to smile on you and be gracious to you. May he look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
and bless this food to our bodies and bless all the hands that prepared it for us. In Jesus' name, amen. And I, I don't know where Leah is, but um, do you guys remember what, tr which tr is Israeli tribe was Jesus from? Do you remember? Which tribe? Judah. And who is Judah's mom? Leah. Leah. Judah's mom was Leah. Jesus is descended from Leah. It's a beautiful heritage, so congrats for that name. And feel free to fellowship with food if you want, and sit anywhere, and yeah. Thanks, everybody, for bringing food.